0: Welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show. I'm Dustin Nation and in this episode we're discussing FC Dallas's 1-0 win over Sporting Kansas City, the bomb that Reggie Cannon dropped about his experience after the National Anthem controversy and we take a look at where FC Dallas is in regards to the rest of the season. W- with me as always is Jonathan Ross. Jonathan, how's it going?
1: Uh, it's going pretty good, Dustin. Just, uh, man, last uh, last month or so has been really busy uh, in in my home life. Got a, uh, got a new role at at work. It's been, uh, you know, keeping me probably in some ways, thankfully off of, uh, off of Twitter. And uh, and I know we've uh, had less time to do these pods, but you know, hopefully uh, things will calm down a bit here coming soon.
0: It's all good, my friend. I am in a pretty similar boat with uh, just things going on. And um, in fact, I think I was off of the DSS Twitter account for like four or five days at a, Maybe it's probably a record uh besides the time I intentionally took a a week long break. So um I feel you there. (laughs) It's good sometimes just to kind of unplug, but we're here now and we've got some stuff to talk about. A couple things have happened since uh you know we, we last met. We're gonna we're gonna pull it in. We're gonna start um this week, right before the game. Um Reggie Cannon uh, we got was interviewed on the Crack Podcast. I think it's got um, Demarcus Beasley and um, a couple other ex players on there. Um, and there are a couple things that Reggie Reggie had to say. First of all, um, go listen to the podcast. It's it's really good. Um, there's a lot of things on it. Uh, it's called the Crack Podcast. But in there, we kind of learned that um, some things may have been handled poorly by FC Dallas and I'm shocker. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so let's set the stage here. It's, uh, it's, um, you know, the first game back from, from the, uh, from the COVID break, um, playing against Nashville players, they, they planned a demonstration during the national anthem. They told the league, they told the, the, um, the teams were aware. Everybody would knew that it was going to go down. they, Apparently asked for no anthem to be played, but MLS forced the uh, anthem. They said no, you have to play the anthem before the game. Uh, while it was being played, and the players were demonstrating, um, some fans booed. One even threw a beer, got ejected. Uh, and then after the match, they brought um, they brought Reggie out to do to media, and in that media one or in that um, press availability, one of the media members asked uh, Reggie about the booing. And then Reggie, um, you know, said it's disgusting. Um, and s- some other things, I mean, nothing, I, I mean, it, some, some stuff that, that he was passionate about. Uh, and let's just say that it, not everybody agreed with it. And there was some, some, uh, some, some controversy there as well. So, some national spotlight got shown, uh, and, in in that time, directly after that interview, and while there was the the backlash going on, I think it was like two or three days prior post post that um, Reggie recorded this interview with the Crack Podcast, uh, and then he, since then um, he's been sold to Bavish, Bavista, um, and once this is had, had that that had finished, um, and he's safely over in, in Portugal, they re- released this interview after, you know, some of the, the sensitive nature of Reggie's transfer situation had kind of played out. So um, Jonathan, can you walk us through real quick, what Reggie revealed on the the podcast?
1: Well, the, I mean, you said the context, right? So just remember that, that Reggie, and he talked about this in other parts of the podcast was, 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 getting death threats at the time right and so highly emotional time for Reggie when he's uh when he's doing this interview um, I mean or doing doing this podcast so he he's got that frame of mind already uh, you already mentioned it was just a couple of days after um the the original incident and they asked him uh you know to talk a little bit about the the experience and you know, he he came out and he said you know and I'm I'm paraphrasing here uh, that it, when you know he made the statements that he did, uh, there was you know a tiny bit of backlash and he was approached by somebody at FC Dallas asking to apologize to any fans that he you know may have upset you know with, with his language, you know the, the disgusting statement or whatever. Uh, and that they actually provided him with a kind of a, a written statement that they asked him to read and he you know, absolutely refused to do so, which, you know, I can com- completely respect and understand. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's where we were. You know, we will like, you know, we know it was recorded a couple of months ago, was released earlier in the week this week. Um, and then, you know, we, people were clamoring to see if the FC Dallas was going to, to respond at all. And you know we have this response from uh, from Dan that was you know aired during the uh, FC Dallas game last night is going to be addressed tonight. Dan, earlier this week, some comments came out from Reggie Cannon that he recorded on a podcast a few weeks ago. Some comments that were critical of the club in the aftermath of the National Anthem game that happened against Nashville at the beginning of the restart of the season in August. How would you address those comments? What do you feel like our fans need to hear tonight from you, Dan? Yeah, First, I want to be clear on this. There were no written comments that were pushed upon Reggie. That's really inconsistent with our values here at this club, and that kind of taking away a freedom of speech has really bad implications and that's something that you know we are not associated with that's not in our core values for me and my brother clark Um, and i was sorry to hear those comments but we met with reggie the day after the game and talked to him about upcoming media opportunities and how he wanted to go through this and provide different opportunities. And he declined those opportunities. Those are well within his right. And respect them. We love Reggie Cannon. He's an unbelievable young man. He was a great player here. Um and I was just sorry to hear that because that's just not consistent with our core values at FC Dallas. We would never push a written statement upon somebody that disagreed with that what their stance was on
0: something. Yeah, so there's there's Dan Hunt. Um it, it seems like he's kind of contradicting um the things that Reggie was saying, uh, but he just, he says he made a point to not call Reggie a liar. So that's, um, that to take that for what it's worth. Um, be, before we get to kind of our thoughts on the situation, I, I think that it's worth noting that, that the fan base has, has a huge, um, backlash. They, they've, the fans are really upset about, about the situation. And I, I don't, you know, I've seen people, you know, suspending their support for the team, and you know, there may maybe it affected the San, uh, Sporting Kansas City uh, attendance. Maybe there seemed to be less people there. I don't know whether that was directly that or whether it was just a Wednesday night game. Um, but but you know, it, it is. Um, it, there's a lot going on here, and I'm not certain that Dan's statement um, did a whole lot to improve the situation.
1: No, Dan should have shut up. I mean, to be honest, I know people were, people were clamoring, uh, for response from FC Dallas, but that was not, that, that was not the right thing. And you know, what's, what's interesting when I, when I, when this, uh, podcast first came out and people started, uh, talking about the comments from Reggie, my very first thought was, man, Okay, well that doesn't surprise me at all, right? That that felt par for the course for the entire way that uh, the front office or or whatever managed that whole situation right from Absolutely. the beginning, at the very beginning of having Canon, right? I mean, we we don't get to choose who we interview as media on these these Zoom after matches, right? Yep.
0: That's they they totally... choose
1: one or two players, yeah. <laughs> and they chose they chose Reggie, right? Um, I'm sure they knew Reggie was fired up. It was pretty obvious he was fired up. Right. Um, so they, they, they made that choice to allow for him to, to make a statement. Uh, they're the first official FC Dallas, you know, comment about his statement you know in the media the the next day or the backlash to it was you know very much hey we know people have opinions on both sides it was very middle of the road not a lot of support for for reggie and so when this when this came out i was like oh yeah well that sounds exactly like what they were probably doing
0: yeah yeah it's um it's just very very ham-handed i'm not it just seems like they just bungled it right i just i don't think that (laughs)
1: That it just was, seems was, like they were
0: made some really bad choices.
1: Uh, that was what I thought first, but I mean, when I when I step back, I and mean, it was really the more I thought about it, the more I kind of questioned the intent, right? So, the I, I kind of understand the the very first, you know, may, maybe that response, but how, where did that response even come come from? That you know, the the hey, we understand both sides. It was re- it was definitely a. Uh, we're trying to save face with potential fans we don't want to get embroiled in a in a political issue but it wasn't balanced with support for the that, team
0: that's true that's true um i know uh, the, the, here, here's the i think here's the bottom line right like with the second you show support for the players doing um with their with the protests with um, the, the movement with, you know, everything around what the players are trying to accomplish, right? If the second you show support for that, you, you have, you are committed. And when and you know, you know that there's going to be a certain segment of the population that does not like that. And if, when you run into that, you, you've already committed and it to not, um, to not, uh, like you said, back up the players or to not support them, you you just can't you you when you make that decision to to, uh, you know, to support them the first time you're you're in it and to not to not support them. And here's the thing, though, you know, I, is it possible that that Dan just or so not Dan, but just somebody at the club said, hey, we we don't here we're, we want to help you through this. Maybe here is a um, here are a couple options true it, it is very possible um but i think your, your point earlier stands is that like which they shouldn't have been in this situation in the first place
1: yeah one well, and and to me the the specific action doesn't bother me as much as just the the intent right that if if they were coming to reggie knowing everything else that was going on and asking him hey can you participate in some media i'm i'm just gonna you know guess that it maybe it was a uh, a news article reporter or something like that that was going to interview him, and they wanted you know some statements to be made or something, right? Uh, just based on what Dan said, but man, it's it it's just disingenuous. It's it's disappointing. Um, but the the part that I mean, it's 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 so weird because I don't think it's a, a an issue across all of FC Dallas because if we think about, um how well they're integrated with their players in other areas. I mean, we, we've talked on this pod about, you know, what what happened with, uh, with Cobra, right. And his, uh, his personal issue and how quickly they move. We saw that, you know, last year with uh, uh, Anton, right. Uh, Dan Kennedy, right. When, when he wanted to, to, to move, they, they did something for him. We saw it with Javon Watson back in 2015. I mean, it's, you see them take a player first approach lots and lots of times. So I don't think it's like, overall fc dallas is all about business and doesn't care about the player um but there definitely seems to be you know an intent that they do not want to you know they've drawn the line that they're not going to get into the political side they're not going to you know combine that piece with their business right uh and okay that's fine but you've still got to stand up and, and back up your player and so this is just it's it's hard to balance those two different things right because you hear uh you know and we see like a player like michelle right that's come back um uh, and is now an assistant coach with fc dallas right th- they wouldn't do that if it wasn't the right culture so i think that there's good things that are happening right uh but you know this uh th- this this mess is uh was not handled well and 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 dan made it worse honestly by by speaking up uh it, during the game yesterday
0: I, I will definitely agree with that. But so yeah, let's talk a little quick, quickly. Let's talk about the, um, the other things in that podcast. Um, there's some, some really interesting things going on there. Like some, there's,
1: some LL Cool J talk. Is that what you're, yeah. uh, you're, you're <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>.
0: we, <laughs> there's some, some debate about top five rappers. Um, I don't have top five rappers. That's not my wheelhouse. Uh, what about you? You, you got to uh, go on board with LL Cool J. Uh,
1: you know, my, uh, yeah, I'm 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 my 40s, so I, I kind of remember Uncle Jay and some of those guys. So you know, I, I probably wouldn't put them on top five, but no, I uh, I'm sure if I listed out my top five people who are hardcore to to rap and hip hop would uh, probably laugh at me. So, <laughs> so I will avoid that embarrassment.
0: I, I was a techno DJ, so I have never listened to to uh, a whole lot of hip hop or rap. So, uh, not enough. Uh, not enough enough, beat the- uh boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and pants I <laughs> oh, mean, come on I'm gonna knock you out there you go we got some oh cool Jay there you go <laughs> <laughs> uh there's also some talk about just like you know what what Reggie's like his mentality going into into Europe and some some interesting sp- thoughts from the other players but that, that have been in that position and it was just really enlightening um we will not go into a whole lot more of it about it here, but uh, definitely go listen to that podcast. It's well worth your, well worth your time. Um, but yeah, so let's, let's move on into, so that was, that was earlier this week. Then Wednesday, uh, we, there was a match for the first time in like a week. It feels like ages but between, between matches. Um, of course, Sunday's match was canceled, um, due to COVID outbreak in Minnesota. Um, so this is the first match since the Houston loss, um, down in Houston. So Jonathan, you want to quickly take us through a little quick recap?
1: Uh, recap, man. So, so first off the, the, there were a couple of lineup changes. So one, uh, uh, you know, captain Matt hedges or, you know, sometimes captain Matt hedges, I should say, uh, was was out uh he he hurt himself in in the in the prior match uh so we had brisson come in for him uh and then uh santos uh was also out not for injury purposes but uh, i'm assuming for for rest we haven't uh, had a chance to, to ask lucci unless it was asked on uh, the post game i don't remember that but um and uh Tessman came in i think this was the first time first time he's played at the six i believe. Uh, because it was first time
0: it, he started at the six.
1: That's right. First time he started at the six. It's a good, good call out. Uh, the, I mean, it was a, a really good first half. Uh, I think that FC Dallas controlled possession. I don't remember what the, the final possession numbers were in the first half, but I remembered at one point, uh, they mentioned on the broadcast it was like at 72% at that point through the, through the half. Um, the, the, the team looked great. Ricarte, um, was uh i would say bossing it right I think he ended up with uh with uh four key passes and he's on the MLS team of the week uh finally uh finally got on the board uh with uh you know, I think it was a right back to left back um, <laughs> it was uh two, yeah the two, two backers you know, The one
0: backs uh, made it all the way up to the front
1: <laughs> ex- exactly and, uh, and it was uh uh Reynolds uh, crossing it into the to the forehead of uh, uh, Ryan Hollington. Ryan, that guy. That, how, how I how I was uh, stuck on Ryan's uh, Ryan's name is unusual. <laughs> so first of all, well, Ryan I guess loves to score against SKC because that's two goals this year, and both were against SKC. So there's uh, there's there's that. Uh, question question for you. Uh, I mean, is there something? So in that in that first half, and then even if the second half is um SKC started rotating some more players and seemed like uh FC Dallas was doing a little bit better job of kind of breaking down the defense did you see did you see something different the way that they were playing in this match versus let's say that uh Houston match which we've all kind of deleted from our
0: memory <laughs> yeah there's a couple of things that play there um so Sporting Kansas City obviously studied the Houston uh, match and saw that FC Dallas has historically not been great at being able to break down that low block. So they said, well, we don't have we kind of have a haphazard light up. Let's just start in a low block and, yeah. and just make them make them come to us. So um I that is what they did. Um and F C Dallas, you know, they had they had the ball. The things that they tried that kind of worked this match in breaking down that low block. They, um, they they dropped Ricard. The first thing they did is drop Ricarte very, very low. So he was picking the ball up on the FC Dallas side of the, the halfway line and not playing in a traditional 10. And what that does is that gets Ricarte the ball more. It gets him in a, in a position with more space because the, the block is low. Um, and, and him and Tanner Tessman were coming real deep. And it's not like they were just kind of trying to be part of the buildup like we've seen before where there's like a systematic buildup from the center back to the to the wing, to the middle, to the winger, and then try to find a cross in. It, the When Tanner Tessman and um, Andres Ricarte picked up the ball, around midfield even before like the first thing they were doing was looking for runners in behind the defense they were using the the long balls from that kind of quarterback <laughs> position um as a one of the ways to try to penetrate into into the zone uh and and it was very effective you saw Tessman had a brilliant pass to to Fafa Pico Then he he somehow pulled that down and got a got a shot off i think it went way way high but um it was it was a it was a banner day for Tanner Testman, and that's part of the reason why is because he he was um, a good he's got that good long cross going in his game. The other the other thing that um, that was was helpful was that because they were in a low block, FC Dallas was able to have a higher line, which means that and, and part of that's because of Brisson, that's kind of his nature. Part of that's because uh, and like they said after the game that. Um, You know, we played higher up because Kansas city kept giving us that space that they're going to give us to give us that space. We'll take that space. But what that did was kind of neutralize a little bit. It, it, it helped, um, it helped bring the play closer. So they didn't have so far to travel with the ball when they reset and they tried to swing over to the other side. Um, and then I guess the third thing, and it kind of is one of the reasons where that led to the goal is in previous matches, the The buildup would kind of go to the wings and the, Lushi loves that wing play and the overlapping with between the fullbacks and the winger um and trying to over overload a, a side. But what, what happens then is that they get the ball over on the wing and there's no one in the middle to get the cross. Hara is up there by himself most of the time. And when that happens, he just gets – he's just dry and – you know, when you don't have the ball a lot, you kind of get out of the swing of it and, and get rusty. Right. So, so what happened in this game several times leading up to that goal um, was you, you'd see more players in the box when the crosses were coming in, you were, there was more overloading of the box. So you, what that means is the players are coming in and they're, they're, they're getting marked by someone, but the goal is to have more players than there are markers, more defensemen. So, uh, and you saw that on Ryan uh, Hollingshead's goal, where all the FC Dallas had four or five players in the box, and each one of them was marked. And then Ryan Hollingshead just kind of snuck in through the backside, unmarked completely. No, there wasn't enough people, there wasn't enough def- uh, Sporting Kansas City defenders there to even come pick him up, and he made him pay. Well, he made Tamilia's head pay, which then you know, made right. the whole rest of the team pay. Uh, so, you know, overall, I don't know whether they just kind of stumbled into that or whether it's something they've been working on and maybe trying to just try and stuff to get, be able to break that low block. I think it's probably a little bit of the both. I think it's partly some some things that Sporting Kansas City gave FC Dallas and some things that they'd been kind of working on trying to find something some way of, of being able to break that down.
1: Yeah, I do wonder if, how much of it is that, the first part which is that SKC was giving him more space than they got you know definitely against Houston when Houston was uh was was down a man right and playing compact uh it's and you mentioned the the change up with uh, having Ricarte play deeper but i think this is the third match now um a little bit different this time because Santos has been behind has sat behind Ricarte and Ricarte's been kind of more of a uh a deep eight, I'll call it. I don't know. Uh, yeah. With Acosta taking more of that, that linking eight or 10 spot or whatever. So that, that's that been there for a couple matches. I think the difference was with how, how him and Testman were, I mean, they almost took turns a lot of times on who was the six and who was the eight. I mean, you would see them switch up quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that, that pivot, right? Or the double yeah. pivot. But I think the difference to me in this match versus the other one is that like i said they were they were back there not to be a link in the build up cog or build up yeah whatever whatever the insert uh insert analogy there right uh they weren't just there to be a part of it they were there to drive to to, to drive the build up right and and that's the difference i think between this match and the other ones where we did we didn't we did see gricarte you know he would start in the 10 and as he wasn't getting the ball. Wasn't getting the ball. Then he would drop back. And this one, he was dropping back from from like the second or third minute. He was coming back, getting the ball, and then and then quarterbacking.
1: Yeah, and I think that we've seen. So if if we think about the 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 midfield, uh, so in this match, first off, I know there's lots of people were pointing out Tessman is kind of man of the match. I think he's definitely was was one of the one was one of the better players, if not man of match right in 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 that game uh you know i had been wondering and it was you know who was going to actually take santos's place cuz what we've started to see is uh let's say like in the columbus game when he had a whole week off right to prepare uh he played awesome and you know, tiago did it was he you know he was bossing the midfield again right he was that that player that uh that you and uh, and Steve Davis, we're touting as you know, big big surprise player, you know, good player uh, for for the year, um, but then you it saw it for the for the <laughs> mid year, right? But then you saw as soon as uh, as soon as he was playing that second game, he was right back to where um, you know he was he was not being near as effective, right? And so I was kind of expecting to see Tessman play uh, with uh, when we're when FC Dallas was going to play Minnesota in the weekend, right? Once they actually ended up having a whole week off, I wasn't sure if that was going to happen. Uh, I mean, I guess, do you think this is a, going to be a regular thing? Are we going to start seeing uh, Tassman and and Santos rotating you know, t- to try to save some of those old legs?
0: I mean, I think so. I think you've got the the depth that's in at midfield to be able to do that. Um, I think Lucci probably still sees – Santos as the the starter there like the guy to beat the the go-to guy But you know when you're playing as well as testament, it's kind of hard to ignore that And so you want to try to get that guy on the field somehow yep. um, so Maybe it's rotating every other game. Maybe it's, you know finding the right matchups Um, I don't know. I think we'll see him more. I don't think he's like I don't think This was a one-and-done for him starting
1: yeah, and and I, and I like it because it's going to give him some more opportunities. And a lot of people have been clamoring for him to take Acosta's spot. Uh, I, I know that it's you know, there's there's very mixed emotions. Maybe not mixed. There's a lot of people who, who uh, haven't been too excited about Acosta. I think I've I've I default to being a bit of a player apologist. Uh, so I, I I feel like um, Acosta hasn't quite gotten that chance. I know he's been here for uh for a year and a half now but man it was only it was pretty dang early in his first season last year that grazel left i think in may or at least stopped playing in may i think he didn't officially leave until june and acosta got pushed back to that six and he is not a six right and that's when right. it, his 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 season kind of petered out from there uh i think he's looked way better since he's been playing uh in this most for kind of the most forward midfielder role whatever we want to call that you know that that the ten kind of roll, right? And that's for the three games straight now. I'd like to see if Acosta can keep that up. Um, because I think when he's on, he's he's a really, really good player. Uh I think it's just now about balancing, you know, how else can you get somebody like like Tessman on the field because Tessman's also been having a really good year. Yeah, he's a young player, but uh you know, that he's he hasn't played like a young player, right? We're not seeing the inconsistency that we've seen with Servania or some others. So um, yeah. i mean it's 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 gonna be definitely something uh something to watch for over the over the next few matches
0: for sure it's a good problem to have
1: it, it, it is it is a good problem to have and and uh, unfo- unfortunately lucci i think only has that problem in the midfield everywhere else I mean there's i guess he's got you know backup at left back the wingers you know i don't think anybody thinks mascara is uh you know a good You know, left wing. I guess,
0: and then Barrios picked up a yellow card, so he's out in the next match.
1: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't realize he was on accumulation, so maybe we see uh, Pepe again. I don't know. It's or Jesus. It's uh, it's interesting, but yeah, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of
0: at the end of the match. Acosta was playing on the wing.
1: Man, that would be interesting. He'll just <laughs> well, keep getting pushed forward and forward. And then at the end of the year, Acosta's uh, in front of goal, just skying balls over the net. <laughs> he would he would make everybody uh, make everybody well, super excited.
0: Well, that match wasn't all all uh, roses and. It was in, not. Uh, there were a couple moments where you know it was kind of a clincher moments. Uh, one of them was when SKC appeared to have court, scored a goal. Uh, the ball kind of came down in the box. There was a a shot that was parried by Jimmy Maurer. Mm-hmm. Um, he he dropped kind of like hit it down, and then wasn't able to recover it. And then um, a player knocked into him, and then the ball went flying. And then somebody behind him kicked it into the net. But in the, in the the scuffle, the ref called a foul on the player that ran into Jimmy Maurer. And so there was no goal and there was no VAR. The look at it behind looked like, you know, Jimmy may have pulled him down as part of it. Um, Jonathan, did, did you think that uh, we got away with one? There? I was going
1: to have you make that. Man, so, yeah, I Dustin, I, I watched that probably 20 times today from different angles to try to figure out. Uh, who who actually initiated the contact if that was if that was Jimmy pulling down the other player, if the other player initiated contact with with him. Uh, so first off, I think from a VAR perspective, it was the right thing. you know, if I've watched it 20 times, I'm not really sure what's happened then it's not it's not a clear and obvious error. But do I think the ref made the right call? no I, I, I honestly think that Jimmy was purposely impeding the player, whether or not he initiated versus playing the ball for whether or not he initiated the contact or not. I think either that's a, you know, no foul play on, which results in a goal for SKC or a foul against Jimmy. I, I, I mean, that's, that's, you know, if, if I had to call it one way or the other, that's what I would call. Now that that's not what the ref called, right. He called a, he called the foul on SKC. And I think once he did that, there's not enough evidence to me to, to overturn that. I don't know if, You've had eyes on it. I know. Yeah. I know. I want to. Know, I know what Vermees thinks.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I I probably at the risk of sounding like a Homer here. Um, for my couple, and I've watched it maybe ten times. I, I it does look like the player. Like I mean, it is. It is very close. Um, it does look like sporting Kansas City player made contact first, which would be the foul, which would keep the, make the play dead which means that Jimmy pulling him down afterwards isn't um isn't like the the foul in the box right so like i'm going to go if the ref made the right call there but i could i mean i i'm not unsympathetic to uh you know the the fact that it could have gone either way <laughs> um and you you just don't want to you just don't want to put yourself in a, that position because next time it's not going to go your way, right. and so you got to lock down on the on the defense there. And it's 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 that play is indicative of you remember earlier I was saying that the way FC Dallas was going to be able to beat a low block was to overload and actually get players into the box instead of all standing around the side of the box like yep. they have in previous matches. Sporting Kansas City was doing the same thing to FC Dallas. There are several times where. The play the, the players are all marking somebody, and they all just kind of they check their shoulder, which is good. But then there's a player coming right in, and they're just like, "I can't do anything about him." I hope he doesn't get the ball. Yeah, and it, well, and and that was one of those instances where there's just more FC more supporting Kansas City players in the box than FC Dallas could handle.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also one of those where that that match overall FC Dallas benefited from SKC making a decision going in that they're going to rotate some players. Um and because I mean the the first half and the second half are very different I, I think part of that was you know the introduction of, of, of three new players at halftime including and Johnny Russell who's their leading scorer right and seems to always cause uh, Dallas problems you know that they, but they've got a game uh, Saturday at like two thirty right and so I think they were trying to get some rotation for some players uh, and made the decision at halftime that they thought they could they could actually get some points out of it so I I'll take it. Yep. Uh three points is three points.
0: Yeah. And it, we made Peter Vermees sad. So that was that was happy. That's that's
1: that's extra points right there. Yeah. So speaking of three points, man. So the last uh let's say the last seven matches, so there was three in a row, right? Which happened to be the time that we then decided to do uh, mid mid season grades and were uh super ecstatic about how great FC Dallas was playing. And then there's four games where uh FC Dallas got 2 points uh out t- 2 points out of four, four, uh, 4 matches those two happen to be against uh two was of them I say the how S- they
0: get 2 points out of a match that's a 2 points idea. out of 4 2 <laughs> points out of 4
1: matches so two out of a possible out of a possible 12, 12 before the before the win uh against SKC last night that I guess I mean is there anything that that you've seen that says the 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 the, the three games in a row winning FC Dallas versus the four in a row without a win. Is there anything that you saw that you can put your fingers on and say it's because of that?
0: Um, I mean, we kind of touched on it earlier. There, there are players in this lineup that are more susceptible to, um, the lineup congestion causing fatigue than others. There are players in this lineup that are more susceptible to, um emotional or mental blocks um among among this you heard reto talk a little bit about it at some points um and and are like i i don't know i i think i I don't want to make a whole lot of um judgments off of off of this team or whatever just because of the such a weird year um but there I mean it's not to say that we can't point out problems and the 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 streakiness is is, is an issue because, <clears throat> um, you know you, you, you got to figure out ways to to battle through and win, battle through and get more maybe you know a, a draw, where you would have otherwise got a lot a loss and it is looked like, I mean that that Houston match just was just really sad, um, and and not it just really really left a sour taste in your mouth and and that that was on top that was at the end of of the streak right so um you know you you've got to find ways to to grind results and i i'm not i just want to it needs to happen more
1: yeah I, I would agree and, and and i went back and i've kind of looked at lineups and you know uh who's Who's getting goals, assists, key passes, whatever, and trying to see if there's things. I, I know that uh, I, those are the some. Some are kind of pointing to Tessman. I uh, saw your retreat today, right? And hey, when Tessman plays, you know, five five of the wins he started, which is, uh, I, I, I that that feels almost one of those correlation does not equal causation things. <laughs> I think it's I think it's pretty funny. Hey, um, Sylvania
0: had a similar situation last year, where it, it, the winning percentage with him in the lineup was much higher.
1: Yeah, but when I when I look at it, the so the first the first three wins it was when Ricarte was was just came to the team, people hadn't adjusted to him. Uh, Hara scored I think in all three of those matches, and then you know uh, uh, Reynolds too had just started. I think this his second start was that first win. So that, you know, part of it might have just been fresh blood, fresh ideas, right? Uh, but man, it's. It's, it's so hard to put a finger on. The only thing that's consistent that I've been able to notice for sure is that uh, Hara's, you know, what was it, five uh, five goals in five games, I think only one of those games he didn't score. And then now it's been nothing. I think that's yeah. that's the one thing. I think this is the first win, the one last night that they've got since Hara's been here where he didn't
0: score. I think, so I, I do have something. I think their away form is not good. Um, a lot of these these results that where they're not actually grinding out and getting points have come on away matches. Maybe they maybe they need to stop at Bucky's, and they I, just can't. Man, I've I told them that, man. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, I,
1: I guess the good thing is they've got a pretty damn easy schedule coming up on on paper right of course we said that before the the first two nashville matches about how lucky fc dallas was to to um to get three games against nashville and they got one point out of those first two but um
0: we said that you said it'd be hard i'll give you credit where credit's due
1: that yeah (laughs) well i was i was worried about exactly what we saw against houston which was fc dallas's inability to to break down a low block and i don't think i'm not convinced that that's gone away so um
0: yeah So so who who all do we do do they have coming up like what are the rest of the games
1: so there's only six games left so uh, i think seven if minnesota gets rescheduled so it's uh, nashville then rsl then miami the hated Dynamo, Nashville again, and then Minnesota United. So that's currently um, the schedule four away, two at home. Uh, the two Nashville games are both away. Uh, and then uh, RSL and the final game against Minnesota are away. Uh, they might they might throw that other Minnesota game somewhere in there. I'm, I'm not convinced at this point that they're going to. I have a feeling this is going to be FC Dallas' schedule. I think that some of those uh remake games just are not going to happen there's not enough weeks left man
0: you think think then they go to points per game like people have been saying
1: yeah, i don't know what else they would do right because you see i mean colorado's but they colorado's already had three games rescheduled and they're going to miss four more right that <laughs> there's only there's only so many uh weeks and when you're already playing twice a week uh it's really hard to work four more games in uh so i think uh i mean that's that's near impossible for them to to make up all those games. uh the one chance that FC Dallas and Minnesota had to remake a game would have been this weekend, right? because or at least from an FC Dallas perspective, FC Dallas is off. I don't know if Minnesota was um so it's it's two a week going forward. So I have a feeling that that's gonna be FC Dallas's schedule. They're gonna have to go to a points per game um and you know right now FC Dallas is sitting pretty pretty good right they're fourth in the fourth in the west from a points per game perspective every team that they have officially has less points per game than them that they have left on the schedule so uh on paper they should do well i uh, how confident are you man are they uh are they do they end up as a top four team or
0: mm, probably not um i i think because of the high amount of away away matches that the, the four and two, right. I, th- I think that that uh, they drop more points than, than we would like, but uh, we shall see Nashville uh, is next Tuesday, seven 30 in Nashville. Um, it will be their next chance to follow up on a, a win over sporting Kansas city, get some revenge for, for earlier in the season and the, dropping some points then. Um, so we shall see.
1: That's right, Dustin.
0: Looking forward to it, man. All right. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button, the good, good subscribe button in your podcast app. Uh, get all of the, our episodes. Last week we had an – or last episode was an interview with, with uh, Johnny Nelson. We got stuff like that peppered all the way in. So hit the subscribe button. Get it in your podcast app before you even see it posted on social media. Um, speaking of which, you can follow us on social media at, at Dallas Soccer Show on Twitter and we have a website dallassoccershow.com that's uh, pretty much our home base so hit, hit us up there check us out there and uh thanks for listening
1: S-H-O-O-P.